All right, this morning I am speaking about a spirit-filled lifestyle, a spirit-filled lifestyle. Please turn so long to Ephesians chapter five, and we'll get there in a few moments time. And so with today being Pentecost Sunday, I feel it is fitting and appropriate that we look at a passage dealing with the Holy Spirit and how He loves to fill our lives to overflowing. Amen? Now, please look at Ephesians 5, and we're going to look at verse 15 to verse 21, reading from the New King James Version. It says there, See then that you walk circumspectly, that means carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many of you agree the days are evil in which we're living in? I mean, people are calling evil good and good evil. These are certainly evil days in which we're living. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. This is Pentecost Sunday, folks. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks Always, would you say the word always? For all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And we say the Lord bless the reading of his word. Now, please keep this open in our time of sharing. We're gonna refer back to it several times. Now, let's just relook at Excuse me. Let's just relook at verses 18 to 20, and this time in the New Living Translation. Same verses, uh, same chapter, 5, 18 to 20, it says, Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you see that God is talking to you right now? God is saying, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, based out of this passage, I have three things which I think are the critical takeaways from what we have just read. Three points. The first one I'm gonna spend a little bit more time on, and the second and the third one are shorter points. But point number one, spirit-filled living involves being filled up regularly. Spirit-filled living involves being filled up regularly. It is what God wants to do in your life. Now, verse 18 of our text, it says, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. By the way, what is dissipation? 
It's not a word that's very uh, well used in modern English, but it means overindulgence in sensual pleasures. And so getting drunk on wine leads to this desire that you just wanna satisfy all sorts of sensual pleasures, which is not what God desires. Now, it is, it is not my focus here to spend time on the drunkenness issue and talk about that, but it does deserve to be mentioned because the verse is quite clear and we are Bible-believing Christians and so we cannot just skip something, we at least need to take note of what it says. And so the verse is quite clear, uh, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. Now, in the, the Passion Translation it says, and don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Isn't that interesting? Another translation, the NLT says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. How many of you can think of somebody's life that you know that has been ruined through drunkenness and through the abuse of alcohol? I've been in ministry for 25 years now by the grace of God, and I have seen the enormous damage that can be caused by the misuse of alcohol. I wanna tell you that it damages lives, individual lives, it damages lives when it is abused and misused. It damages marriages. They're marriages that didn't need to be destroyed, but because of the abuse of alcohol, they damage. It damages families. And so my feeling is that we would be wise to heed the caution of Scripture because we love God's Word. And we should not think, well, I know better and I see things differently. No, let us learn the ancient paths and let us love the wisdom of Scripture. Amen? Now, I want to focus on, on point number one. I want to focus on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And if we look at that phrase uh, in the Amplified Bible, it says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it says, and constantly guided by Him. I like that. You realize that God wants to do that. He wants to constantly guide you in your life. The message preached it very interesting. It says, drink the Spirit of God, have huge drafts of Him. That sounds like a lot of the Spirit. The Passion Translation says, instead, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. Filled continually with the Holy Spirit. And so we, we sort of get in a picture here because it's, it's constantly guided by the Holy Spirit, filled continually, huge drafts of the Holy Spirit, filled to ho overflowing. And I wanna say, are you getting the picture? Are you realizing that the Spirit of God, His presence is not in short supply? He doesn't wanna just fill a little part of you. He wants to completely fill and envelop you and overshadow you in a sense with His presence so that you are completely saturated. Your life is affected by the Spirit of God. There is no short supply of the precious Holy Spirit and His presence when we ask Him to fill us. And so let me say this, that if you become drunk with wine, 
what happens? You automatically, automatically start to do the wrong things. There's certain things that you can't do properly and, and you start to misbehave and you can't drive properly and you can't walk on a, a straight line. So if you become drunk, you automatically start doing the wrong things. But conversely, if you are filled with the Spirit, then you automatically start to do the right things. It is God who is working in you to do the right things. And so many people are trying in their own strength to live the Christian life and you cannot. You have to rely on God, but God says, I'm there for you, I'm filling you, and because I'm filling you, you will see that you automatically start to do the right things. Because you see, if you are truly filled with the Holy Spirit, then it means that you are controlled and directed by Him, and controlled when it comes to the Holy Spirit, controlled by the Holy Spirit, that's a wonderful thing. It is wonderful indeed. Listen to this statement, very interesting. Whatever you are filled with will control you. Whatever you are filled with will control you. So if you are filled with hatred, you will be controlled by hatred. If you are filled with bitterness or if you are filled with revenge, you will be controlled by revenge. But if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will be controlled and directed by the Holy Spirit. It's a massive thing that we need to realize. Whatever you are filled with is what will control you. Now, the Greek word for be filled in our passage here is a word called pleru. And it literally means to cram something in. So this be filled, pleru, the Greek word, means crammed, okay? So like maybe you got a, a, a net of fish and all the fish are like crammed into this net. Like it happened in the New Testament where God said, cast your net on the other side and the nets were almost beginning to break because they were crammed full. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to cram himself full of you. <laughs> uh, maybe another literal picture of this is that it literally means that God wants us to be filled to the brim. If you take a glass, you fill it up right to the top and then pour a little bit more, it looks like it's gonna bulge over. And when it says this Greek word, be filled, pleiru, it means crammed to the full, filled right to the brim. And I think that is wonderful that God does that for his people. He's the God of more than enough, even when it comes to pouring out His Spirit. And so there's no shortage of the Holy Spirit. His presence is not in short supply. He wants to fill us to overflowing. Now, another thing about this Greek word, pleiru, for be filled, is it is in the present tense. And so what it implies is the following. It implies be filled with the Holy Spirit, and keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Some people have stopped at the first time, and God doesn't want us to stop at the first time. We should be filled and keep on being filled. Now let me say, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a one-time experience. But the refilling, the filling up, the topping up, is a repeated experience, and we need to understand that. 
Because if we don't understand, we need to repeatedly allow God to fill us, we're gonna be missing out on a level of saturation which we don't wanna miss out on. And so it is a repeated experience, the filling of the Spirit. So in other words, it is one baptism many fillings. And when I'm talking about one baptism, I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That happens one time. But thereafter, there are many fillings. There are many uh, repeats of that experience. This is also confirmed in the book of Acts. Because we know that some people present on the day of Pentecost some of those people were present later on in the book of Acts and were filled again. They had had the baptism the first time and they were filled again, which shows that this is how it works with the Spirit of God. And so here, the Apostle Paul, he's writing. He's writing to you today. He wrote to the believers in Ephesians, but he's also writing to you. And he's basically encouraging us to continually constantly, moment by moment, be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. And so we should not rely on a past filling. In other words, maybe a month ago, you just had an amazing time in the presence of God and you were just so filled and topped up. Don't rely on that. Get a fresh filling now. Get a fresh filling today. It's almost like drinking water. You can't only drink water you know, every week, every second week or something like that. You drink water regularly and maybe it's much the same with drinking from the Spirit of the Lord. I also take note of something, that this instruction of being filled is actually a command. Sadly, some Christians think that this is just one of those optional extras. Well, I don't really need it, it's not so important. But as it is put forward here in this chapter, it is given forth as an instruction and as a command. It's not an optional extra. Why? Because God knows how crucial it is that we are filled to overflowing with the Spirit. And so I wanna say to you that we simply must be filled with the Spirit. If you're thinking, well, it's not so important and you don't have a hunger, I want to respectfully challenge that today and say, I pray that God stirs a new hunger in your hearts, in the heart of every person in Choose Life, and that we realize that this is what God wants for us. And we say yes. We say we wanna be hungry because we realize this is an instruction from God to be filled. Now, here are just some of the ways in which you could be topped up, okay? Experiencing God at church. So many times you walk out of here and you know you've been in the presence of God. You walk out edified. What's happened? You've been topped up. Other ways in which you can be topped up, worshiping the Lord on your own with music turning your attention to God spontaneously at random moments during the day, asking God for more of his presence, waiting on God. Sometimes you just need to be quiet and wait on God, and that is God topping you up in that moment. Sometimes it's a case of we are spending time in prayer. Sometimes it can be that we are enjoying the Lord's presence together with our life group. And the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And so you can be in a life group meeting and you can walk out edified, basically more filled with the Spirit. Why? 
Because God's presence is there. And without you even realizing it, you walk out more joy, more thanksgiving in your heart. You're feeling happier with inside of yourself. It's because of God's presence being there. But let me tell you, one of the ways in which we can be topped up, especially is praying in tongues. Now, I want a bit of a louder amen on that one. Praying in tongues, amen. I wanna tell you, I believe that this is one of the best ways because the moment you begin to pray in tongues, it's like you're getting out of the focus of being all in the mind and focusing on the mind and all of that and you suddenly begin to open up your spirit to God and you're praying in your heavenly language and you know what? What's happening? You are being filled You'll be filled. It is so beautiful. And by the way, that's why we need the gift of tongues. Because as we pray in tongues, we become incredibly aware of God filling us up. And you know, I just thought of one further thing in explaining this whole thing of uh, being filled up regularly, is that what does it mean in really simple terms? And I'd like to say the following. Let me read it to you. Every single moment that you consciously depend on the Holy Spirit is a moment of being filled. Listen again. Every single moment that you consciously depend on the Holy Spirit is a moment of being filled. My dad used to use the phrase, yield to the Holy Spirit. Basically, that's very similar to saying, depend on the Holy Spirit. And so, any moment when you just begin to turn your attention to the Spirit of God and you are depending or yielding on the Holy Spirit, right there, filling takes place. And so I wanna tell you, the filling up of the Spirit of God is not some weird, strange thing that happens once in two years, no. It is a part of our lifestyle that we are regularly being topped up by the Lord and it is so beautiful. Now, for instance, maybe you're a student listening to me today. And perhaps tomorrow morning you're gonna be driving to campus. Some people are still doing stuff at campuses and some are just totally online and so on. But let's say here you are, you're traveling in your car, you're heading out to campus tomorrow and you pray this prayer, Holy Spirit, please lead and guide me today. The moment you pray that prayer, which is declaring your dependence on God, in that moment, the Spirit of God fills you. In that moment, he comes to you to respond to your heart of need and hunger for him. And you just say that simple prayer, Holy Spirit, lead and guide me today. Holy Spirit, help me with my exam. And that is a moment of filling. And so I wanna say to you, child of God, allow God's Spirit to fill your life to overflowing. There's no short supply. When he says, I wanna fill you, he means it. And he wants to fill you to cram it all in and right into overflow. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand of praise? It's wonderful. Our God is a God of abundance. So that's number one. Spirit-filled living involves being regularly, uh, sorry, involves being filled up regularly. Point number two. Spirit-filled living involves singing praises and making melody. Won't you say this aloud with me? Spirit-filled living involves singing praises and making melody. That is biblical. And I'll show you that. So verse 19, I hope you still have your Bible open. It says, 
speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, I'll be honest with you, over the years, I have found this scripture a little difficult to understand. <laughs> because I'm thinking to myself, how do you speak to a person in a song? How do you do that? And I asked the pastors this in the pastors meeting during the week and, and there wasn't any clear cut answer that just popped out immediately because it, it is a little strange. How do you speak to somebody in a psalm? How do you speak to somebody in a hymn? You know, do you, do you say, a mighty fortress is our God. Now please go buy the groceries. <laughs> I mean, how... Or if we don't take a hymn, we take a psalm, Psalm 37. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. <laughs> or maybe a, another one from Psalm 20. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. Now, I mean, it's, it's kind of a bit weird for me because I, I'm thinking maybe, but... I'm not 100% sure if that's really what God was meant to, was saying to us that we should sing in these Gregorian chants <laughs> to one another. But I'd like to suggest that the NLT will help us understand this better. So verse 19, the first part in the NLT says this, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms among yourselves. Now, I can understand that a whole lot better. What is it saying? It's saying, sing among yourselves. When you come together, sing among yourselves. Also, that same part in the contemporary English version says, when you meet together, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And so this gives basically the same idea that we should sing when we meet together, when we come together. It should be, there should be singing involved. And so I wanna tell you, what is the point? What am I saying through this? Is that spirit-filled living involves a lot of worshiping and praising and singing to God. It is the, a vital part of the Christian life. And I wanna say to you that we are a singing and a praising people. That's how God has made it to be. Come on. We're a singing people. We are praising people. And, you know, I think of the amount of time that we spend worshiping the Lord and maybe there is a, a substantiation from Scripture when we look at this verse of Scripture because really we are a singing people. We are a praising people and it's not gonna stop here in this life. It's gonna carry on right into heaven. The singing and the praising will continue. And so basically it's saying, sing among yourselves. So you can even sing the Psalms. Because when it talks about Psalms, basically the only Psalms are the Psalms of David and the Psalms of Asaph. In other words, the book of Psalms. And so we should also be singing the Psalms according to the word of God. Now, the second part of verse 19 is a lot easier to understand. It says, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so that is easy because essentially it's saying that a spirit-filled believer will carry a melody in their heart. Do you believe that? Spirit-filled believer is a melody. 
there's a song. God puts a new song in our hearts. How many of you, sometimes you find yourself uh, just singing a little bit of a melody or whistling a little tune and, and you know it's because of what God has done. Now let me just tell you, sometimes I hear my wife singing in the house and she is a little bit shy. She doesn't like to sing in front of me too much but sometimes I'll be busy in my study and I hear her in the kitchen, especially when she bakes. I don't know, baking and singing go together for Mandri. And sometimes I'll hear her little voice and she's singing a tune. But you know what? Actually, it's, it's, it's making melody into her, in her heart unto the Lord, you know? She, she's not singing secular songs. She's singing songs of worship, songs of love to the Lord. So that's number two. Spirit-filled living involves singing praises and making melody. The last point. Spirit-filled living involves an abundance of thanksgiving. Say that aloud with me. Spirit-filled living involves an abundance of thanksgiving. Now, the concept of thanksgiving is mentioned so many times in the Bible, right from the Old Testament, right into the New Testament, and uh, it is certainly an integral part of being a child of God, and especially, more especially, for a spirit-filled believer. It's something that flows out of a spirit-filled believer, this thanksgiving. And I just wanna say to you for a moment that, that it's kind of like I have a word for anybody that's going through a really hard time now and is really discouraged and you hear this thing of thanksgiving and you say, John, I'm just not there right now. And I do appreciate that it can be really difficult at times to thank and to praise God when we are discouraged and when we are depressed. But I want to encourage you today, do your best to still give thanks in spite of everything because that does something within you and brings you to a new place of victory. And Paul and Silas, that's what they did. They were giving thanks to God while in prison and the devil couldn't steal their joy. And so that this is important, that we praise God, you know what, in spite of everything. Because I wanna tell you that even in those times where it feels like nothing's happening in your life, I wanna assure you, God is actively working in your life. And I wanna tell you this, hear this and be encouraged today, that His love is gonna see you through this time and His faithfulness is gonna see you through because He's a faithful God. Hallelujah! And so even when it's hard in spite of everything, let your thanksgiving still come out. Now look at verse 20. It says, giving thanks always. Say those three words with me. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now in terms of thanksgiving and being filled with the Spirit and so on, I found this statement. It says, thanksgiving is one of the indicators that there has recently been a fresh filling of the Spirit. That's interesting. 
It's one of the indicators that there's recently been a fresh filling. Hence, if there is no thanksgiving in your life for the last two or three weeks, then I would like to suggest you are spiritually dry and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because thanksgiving is the natural outflow of being filled with the Spirit of the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I also wanna say this, that wherever the Holy Spirit rules and reigns, there will be gratitude to God and there will be deep appreciation. There's another scripture that says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and there is liberty. And in the same way, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is thanksgiving and there is appreciation. Now you might ask the question, well, why should we be giving thanks all the time? I mean, isn't this a little bit of an overkill? Why should we be giving thanks all the time? And my answer to that is because we have so much to be grateful for. God has blessed us in so many ways. He has loaded us with his blessings and he has done so much for us. That's why we should keep on giving thanks and giving praise to God. Let me list a couple of things of examples of giving thanks to God. We should give thanks to God for earthly things. Give thanks to God for your bed. Thank Him for your clothes. Thank Him for the food that you provi- He's provided. Thank the Lord for your body. You might say, well, my body doesn't look as amazing as I want it to be. Well, thank Him anyway. You are blessed to have your body. Thank God for His preserving hand. Thank Him for all the mercies of life. Thank Him for spiritual blessings. Thank Him for salvation. And thank Him for Jesus. Come on, that's the most wonderful thing. The the greatest gift of all that we can thank God for, for Jesus. Thank him for being adopted as sons and daughters of God. Thank God for victory. Give thanks for freedom, for grace, for eternal life. Give thanks to God for the many precious promises. We have thousands of promises in the word of God. And I wanna tell you one more thing to give thanks for. Give thanks to God for heaven that is awaiting you and me as children of God. We should thank him for that. He's prepared a place for us and he's coming that we can go to be with him in that place. And so the verse says that we should give thanks for all things, verse 20. And so I want to say, you do not have an excuse for uh, not giving thanks because there are so many things to be grateful for. Why don't you tell the person next to you, there are so many things to be grateful for. Tell them that. So many things. And as I'm drawing to a close, I also wanna say this, that our thanksgiving should not only take place from time to time, but it should be a continual offering of our heart. And let me back that up with one last scripture. Hebrews 13, 15, it says, therefore, by him, let us continually, please say continually, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And so folks, As I've looked at these verses of scripture that we've spoken about today, I see the picture of a spirit-filled lifestyle. And these are the three things I see. Number one, spirit-filled living involves being filled up regularly. Number two, 
Spirit-filled living involves singing praises when we come together and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. And the third point, the last one, spirit-filled living involves an abundance of thanksgiving. And this is the kind of lifestyle that a spirit-filled believer gets to enjoy. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise, amen? <laughs> Wonderful. We bless the Lord, we bless Him. Now, I'm gonna ask that the uh, pastors and the shepherds come to the front, please, and some of our life group leaders to get ready to pray. Please do not leave at this point. I just wanna facilitate something here for a moment. Um, and then uh, we're gonna pray a corporate prayer just of allowing God to fill us corporately. But in terms of people that would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of speaking in tongues, this is for you, okay? So this is not prayer for employment or for a relationship or an issue like that. This is only prayer for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of tongues. So I'm gonna ask anybody here, and I'm sure there will be a number of people that will come forward. Please don't be shy. Don't stay in your seat. We will not embarrass you. But I want to invite you, come and be prayed for to receive the gift of tongues and the fullness of the Spirit. So if you want that, come to the front right now. Please, right now. Without any delay, you can push past somebody next to you. They don't mind you moving past them. And so step out of your seat right now. Step and come to the front and we'll pray for you. Whether there's 10 people or 100 people, we will pray for you. So you can just stand at the front here and uh, we'll begin to pray for you uh, in, a, in a moment's time. So, so the pastors at the front, don't start praying yet because we're first gonna pray a corporate prayer. Now, a number of people have come forward to the front, maybe uh, eight or 10 people. I wanna give one last opportunity. Come on, is there anybody that you want in the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You want in the gift of tongues? One last chance, please come out of your seat now. Now, 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 come out of your seat now. Is there anybody else? Okay, I just wanna make sure that everybody has received this opportunity. Now, uh, we're gonna all stand together, please. And uh, those leaders in the front, we're not yet gonna pray for the, the baptism here for the people in front and the gift of tongues. We're just all gonna receive from the Lord for a moment. How about that? Okay, so may I invite you, everybody in the congregation, would you lift up your hands to the Lord as a sign of receiving from Him? And so Father, we come before you with a hungry heart this morning. We have need of you, Holy Spirit. We love your presence. We need you, we need you, we need you. And now we open up our hearts and we say, fill us afresh, Spirit of the Lord. And now you just begin to drink in of the Spirit. Imagine that you're drinking the glass of heavenly water and you just drink and you drink the most purest, beautiful water, the water of the Spirit and how God wants you to be filled to the brim, filled to overflowing. 
Now, one of the best ways, as I said, is to pray in our heavenly language to be able to experience a fresh filling. Now, let's all begin to do that out aloud. Lift your voice a little bit louder. We are not shy of the gift of tongues. We are proud of the gift of tongues in a humble way. We drink of you, Lord. Oh, we drink of you. Keep on praying in your heavenly language. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled, child of God. It is your Father's good pleasure to fill you. Not just a little bit, but overflowing. We drink of you, Lord. We drink of you. Fill us up, Lord. Fill us up, Lord. Fill us up, Lord. We drink of you. Sing that with me. We drink of you. We drink of you. We drink of you. And again, we drink of you. Sing that out. We drink of you. We drink of you. We drink of you. Sing that one more time. We drink of you. We drink of you. moments like this where God fills His people. He won't instruct you to be filled and not honor the request when you come to Him asking for Him to fill you. And we thank you, Lord, that you're filling your people. Okay, now the pastors and shepherds and life